Mr. Chairman, uh, members of the uh, subcommittee, my name is Oliver Stone, and I assure you it is with pleasure and some pride that I appear before this subcommittee today to urge the passage of House Joint Resolution 454, quote, to provide for the expeditious disclosure of records relevant to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. I am proud to be here, Mr. Chairman, because I think it is reasonable to suggest that my most recent work, the motion picture, JFK, may, in its reception by the American people, have played some role in creating the state of public opinion from which House Joint Resolution 454 has emerged. The murder of President John F. Kennedy remains, after nearly 30 years, the crime of the century. And for the overwhelming majority of Americans, it is the unsolved crime of the century. That was movie maker Oliver Stone testifying to a House committee on May 3, 1992. At the time, Oliver Stone's JFK movie was the big talker in political and Hollywood circles. The movie suggested a plot by conservative political figures to take over the government, leading to the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. It wasn't Oliver Stone's first time that year in Washington to discuss his JFK movie. A few months earlier, riding a wave of controversy, conspiracy, and publicity, he addressed the National Press Club. Thirty years later, in this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly, we remember Oliver Stone's January 1992 encounter with the skeptical press after this. Oliver Stone's earlier movies, among them Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, and The Doors, all have generated a certain amount of controversy. But his most recent, JFK, may go down as the most talked about movie of the decade. It suggests that President Kennedy was the victim of a coup d'etat orchestrated by the military-industrial complex. Reaction has come from those who normally don't spend their days reviewing movies. President Bush has weighed in, Staying, saying he still sees no reason to question the Warren Commission report, which named Lee Harvey Oswald as the one gunman. So has former Governor John Conley, who was riding in the car with Kennedy on that fateful day and also was shot. Illogical and unreasonable, Conley characterizes the movie's conspiracy theory. And while Senator Edward Kennedy, brother of the late president, agrees that the secret records regarding the assassination now should be released. He doesn't plan to see the film. He may, he may be one of the few people in the country who doesn't. In the 26 days since it was released, JFK has grossed nearly $40 million. And the more the critics excoriate the movie director, the more Americans flock to see his film. Polls indicate that most viewers, particularly the young, believe Oswald did not act alone. Co-conspirators? Well, at least today's guest trusts us enough to break bread with us. Here, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome in his second appearance at the National Press Club, Oliver Stone. And that's how National Press Club President Catherine Kaler introduced Oliver Stone on January 15, 1992. And right off the bat, Oliver Stone acknowledged the skeptics many of whom were in his audience. I have been accused by a number of people, some of them journalists, of a distortion of history. And if there is any common thread of attack uh, running through claims of those critics of JFK, it is a notion that somehow there is an accepted, settled, respected 
carefully thought out and researched body of history about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, all of which I have set out deliberately to subvert, using as my weapon the motion picture medium and taking as my target the impressionable young who will believe anything as long as it is visual. In his opening remarks, Oliver Stone mentioned specific members of the media. Some journalists of the 60s are self-appointed keepers of the flame. They talk about our history and fight savagely those who would question it. But confronted with the crime of the century, with no motive and hardly any alleged perpetrators, they stand mute. Where in the last 20 years have we seen serious research from Tom Wicker, Dan Rather, uh, Anthony Lewis, George Lardner, Ken Auchincloss, into Lee Harvey Oswald movements in the months and years before November 22, 1963. Where have we seen any analysis of why Oswald, who many say adored Kennedy, alone among assassins in history, would not only deny his guilt, but claim he was a patsy? Can one imagine John Wilkes Booth uh, leaping to the stage of Ford's theater, turning to the audience and shouting, I didn't kill anyone, I'm just a patsy. One might ask of the journalists who have suddenly emerged as the defenders of history, what is their sense of history? How much work has the sage of Bethesda, George Will, <laughs> done in the done in the uh, 20 years he has been a columnist to try to uncover the answers to some of the dark secrets in Dallas, 63. Will Tom Wicker and Dan Rather spend their retirement years examining closely the possibility of a second or a third gunman, or will they content themselves with savaging those who do? And in the question and answer period, with questions written by the audience which National Press Club President Catherine Keeler read, Oliver Stone again singled out, by name, specific journalists. This time, two conservative columnists, Robert Novak and Roland Evans. What did you hope to achieve by excluding certain members of the press from the press screening of JFK? Which one, uh, Novak and Evans? Uh, I, I, is, that, uh, is that Frank Mankiewicz is doing? I don't know. Is that the Washington one we're talking about? Or, uh, I believe we screened the movie pretty widely. Uh, Our problem, of course, was time. We just finished about seven or eight days before our release. Uh, We were up against the wall. I'm sorry if uh, certain people were left out, except for Mr. Novak or Mr. Evans. (laughs) (laughs) Would Oliver Stone consider making a movie about the media? He was asked that, too. You've taken on some of the most powerful institutions in America. When are you about to take on the press? Starring Dan Rather. Uh, I think that's a great subject. And I think that... uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) It's showing us as we really are. Thin-skinned, opinionated, hard-drinking scribes. Uh, (laughs) I think the press has taken on me. But uh, whether I can take on the press is obviously something I would know it being doomed in advance to bad reviews. Uh, I would have to think twice, but I do think it's a great subject, and uh, possibly I will. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, two years later, Oliver Stone did make a movie that was a satire of the media, Natural Born Killers. No National Press Club invite for that one. 
But it does lead to this episode's bonus clip. When Oliver Stone appeared at the National Press Club in January 1992 to discuss his JFK movie, it was actually his second time there to promote a project of his. Five years earlier, the topic was Platoon, his grim movie based upon his experiences as a U.S. infantryman during the Vietnam War. He was asked what movie he was working on next. Oliver Stone didn't mention JFK, not yet on his radar screen, but a movie about Wall Street was. And if you've seen Wall Street, you know that media manipulation is integral to the movie's plot. Here's Oliver Stone at the National Press Club on April 7th, 1987. I just want to ask you about your new film about Wall Street and wants to know what attracted you to this subject. Is it important enough for you to make a film about? <laughs> yeah, I think Wall Street's very important because nobody's done it recently. The executive suite was made in 1954. It was a good business movie, but there hasn't been many intelligent business movies since then. The business of America, Calvin Coolidge said, is business. So... I think it's time uh, we, we, did, we made a film about business and how it works and how it's working now on Wall Street. Uh, one of the, I've run into a lot of Vietnam veterans down on the street, and they all tell me this is an extension of combat. This, uh, there is a certain high uh, to, 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 to closing out a deal, to, to taking the enemy, to taking the other corporation, uh, to, to a raid, to a merger or an acquisition. Uh, the, 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 the language is brutal, violent. Everything but machine guns is sort of in evidence. So this is a chance, I suppose, to wean myself away from the blood cycle and go to a more domestic, possibly sophisticated uh, form of film. Wall Street was released eight months later. And finally, a footnote, an historical update on one part of this story. In the opening clip, you heard Oliver Stone testifying to a House committee in May 1992 in support of disclosing records related to the Kennedy assassination. You heard him call it the crime of the century. Congress passed the President John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act of 1992, effective October 26, 1992. That's right, the same year that Oliver Stone appeared at the National Press Club and in Congress. The act requires that each assassination record be publicly disclosed. The National Archives and Records Administration continues to release records, most recently December 15, 2021, and another batch by December 15, 2022. Veteran JFK assassination researcher Jefferson Morley appeared on C-SPAN's Washington Journal program on December 20, 2021, five days after records were released. He put the release in historical perspective and cited Oliver Stone. Last week, um, 1,491 documents that contained redactions, omitted material, uh, were released in full for the first time. 14,000 documents related to Kennedy's assassination remain, continue to have redactions in them. So we only got less than 10% of the outstanding documents last week. Also, it's important to understand when you, when you think about that release, why are we releasing records? Well, in 1992, Congress passed a law, the JFK Records Act. At that point, Oliver Stone had just made his movie and had scored points in public opinion by, by pointing out the very true fact that 30 years after the assassination, almost all of the government's records on the subject were classified information. 
Stone put a little trailer at the end of his movie and he said, you know, if you object to this, write your congressman. Capitol Hill was inundated with mail saying, why, don't, why doesn't the government release its information? And Congress was shamed into doing the right thing. And they passed a pretty good law. The JFK Records Act said, we are going to release all JFK records. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. A reminder, you can do your own searches in the C-SPAN video library. You can find more appearances by Oliver Stone promoting his movies and programs on other conspiracy theories. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. It's free, which is a lot cheaper than going to a movie theater. Thanks for listening, and happy searching. <laughs>